Hey, and welcome back to Laravel Podcast Season 5, where every single episode is about a single package, except when we're talking to Taylor Otwell, in which case we might get multiple packages like we're doing today. Today, we're going to cover the API, login, authentication systems, Passport, and Sanctum. So we're first going to get started with Passport and talk about the history of that, and then Sanctum, which didn't replace it, but kind of is, is a new kind of way of looking at it. We'll go there. For starters, though, Taylor, say hey to the people real quick. I know they all know who you are, but just give you a chance to say hi before I start asking you questions. Hey, everybody. Taylor Otwell. Taylor Atwell in the beautiful new house with the amazing decorations that uh, makes my uh, my what are these called for my Funko Pops jealous a little bit. So, <laughs> all right. So today let's get started with passports. We talked a little bit beforehand and just said, hey, you know what? Passports, what came first? So, you know, the things we're going to be talking about are what is passport and, you know, what are some cool ways people use it with some things they should know about it? And then we're going to do the same thing for um, Sanctum. Do you want to get started just talking about passport or do you want to get started by talking about like the difference between the two in case anybody doesn't know? Yeah, I think it makes sense to get started with Passport and we'll kind of go chronologically. Okay. Because Sanctum's existence is sort of, you know, because of our experience yes. with Passport. All right. So if no, somebody's never heard of Passport before, what is Passport at its core? What's the elevator pitch? So Passport was written to make it easy to do OAuth 2 in your Laravel applications. And I'm going back into GitHub here. It looks like it was released. The first tag was August 16th, 2016. Wow. And so there was there was packages to do uh, OAuth in PHP applications in general already and Passport sort of depended on those like they you know the League of Extraordinary PHP packages I think the GitHub organization is called they have an OAuth 2 server. Passport depends yeah. on that and sort of wraps that up in a convenient accessible way specifically for Laravel applications. Yeah, and if anybody's ever created their own, I'm sure we've talked about this in previous seasons, but if anyone's ever even using those packages needed to create your own basically OAuth 2 server, there's a lot involved in knowing which grants you want and how to configure it. So Passport kind of like takes a lot of that knowledge off the table for you to have to know. And you just kind of like, hey, just set it up. Here's the defaults. Here's some really good, you know, good defaults, but still maintaining most of the same level of configurability that the original package had. Right. So if we were to talk about that, if someone were to at that point, no, we're, we're not talking, we're taking before uh, Sanctum existed. If some, at that point, would someone were to have wanted to install Passport, what were the primary goals that they were trying to accomplish in order to, that they were going to use this in, a tor- in order to accomplish? So I think there's a few use cases that people are using Passport for. And we were talking before we started recording that actually it is the most installed Laravel package statistically, not yeah. counting any packages that are included in the Laravel skeleton like um, Tinker or Now Sanctum, mm-hmm. um, because those stats are sort of inflated by every Laravel install. But um, I think people are installing it because one, they might want to issue API tokens um, to exist mm-hmm. to like customers. They may want to authorize mobile applications. I know people use it for that. So they have their back in Laravel application and then they set up Passport and then from their mobile app, they go through some sort of OAuth authorization flow against their Laravel application and Passport issues their mobile application a token that they then use to authenticate. Some people even use, you can even use OAuth to authenticate like cron commands on other machines or CLI tools. So you can do all kinds of different things with it. 
Passport even adds on the ability to create what we call a personal access token, which mm-hmm. kind of will tie into Sanctum later where it's basically like if you've ever used GitHub and you go out there and you can create like a little API token just manually in some menu on the GitHub UI, they refer to those as personal access tokens. And you can just, you can do that in Passport as well. So a customer might log into your application, go to some API setting screen, hit create API token, and then you use Passport's personal access token feature to issue that API token. So there's a variety of use cases, but I think that's kind of the main ones uh, that people are are doing. And if anyone's not familiar with the OAuth 2, like the more traditional flow, it's if you've ever like set up a website that is going to integrate into some other website, like let's say you are using some tool that integrates to your GitHub. And so you press this button on the other tool and it says, it sends you over to a page on GitHub that says, do you want to give this other tool permission to access A, B, and C of your GitHub profile? And if you say, yeah, and it's got like a little logo of that thing, you say, yes, it sends it back over and now those two are integrated. That's what the most common like full OAuth flow looks like. And the same thing is true, like Taylor was saying, for a mobile app where if you say log in with XYZ, you know, and then it takes you over to Facebook and Facebook says, do you want to give access to this thing to who you're dead? That's what the like the full OAuth flow tends to look like, whereas the personal access token Taylor's talking about is much, much more the simpler one. It's just like, hey, I just need a long hashed string that proves who I am without having to go through this whole like massive web flow that also took a lot of work for somebody to build. And Passport, one of the things that Passport does that makes this whole system a lot better is it allows you to build that that kind of user interface much, much, much more simply than if you had to do it on your own using like the existing tools. So Installing Passport, obviously we can look at the docs, but are there any aspects of installing Passport or any dependencies that are worth calling out while we're in the podcast or is it all pretty straightforward? It's pretty straightforward. You just install it using Composer and then running a full OAuth 2 server requires Passport to create like four or five database tables actually um, for like access tokens, refresh tokens, OAuth clients, personal access tokens. So it's it's got more database tables than most other packages would require. But other than yeah. that, it's pretty straightforward to install. And it generates some local key files as well, right? Oh, yeah, that's true. It does generate two key and encryption key type files. And you'd have to kind of ship those into production via environment variables or through actually putting the files on the remote servers or something like that. Typically, I do it through environment variables. Okay. So yes, if you've ever done Passport install, just a note that one of the things Passport install does is generate those, those, but those are usually not the same ones you want to use for your production. So if you go to production right. with Passport and all of a sudden it's not working, that's the first thing to check is, have I run migrations, migrations and have I installed those keys on the, the, the production server? So obviously you mentioned there's a ton of different things that people can do with Passport. And normally what I'd be asking you is, are there any lesser used features or cool things you people see, seen people do with it? I assume that people can do all sorts of incredible things with Password because it's so robust, but it's also very complicated. No, it's not. I don't say it's complicated, but OAuth 2 is complicated. There's all the different flows and the grants and all this kind of stuff. Have you been in a place recently, and I know that we haven't talked about Sanctum yet, where you go, oh man, that's a really impressive and incredible usage of Passport where that's the only tool you could have used this for that's outside of the norm of what we've already described? Or most of the time, if you're seeing people using Passport, it's like, yes, that is what we traditionally use OAuth for. (laughs) I mean, it sounds bad, but honestly, I think too many people use Passport. (laughs) Um, I think most people that are using it are could get away with something simpler. And that bothered me for a long time, which will lead us into our Sanctum discussion. But if you actually are doing the whole flow where you get redirected to your Passport application and you authorize the user for certain scopes and then you get redirected back to some other application, to me, that is like the classic 
use case that, yep, you're going to have to use Passport to do that if yeah. you want that kind of functionality. If you're do, trying to do something else like authenticate, just issue API tokens in general, or mm-hmm. even authenticating like a mobile application or an SPA application, that is something that I do not think you need Passport for anymore. Mm-hmm. It used to be kind of your only option. But you just don't need, like you were saying, OAuth 2 is sort of inherently complex. I mean, it was made to be simpler than OAuth 1, but it's still quite a bit more complex than is actually required to do just basic API authentication or or authenticating some React front end. And I don't actually think people realize that it doesn't have to be so complicated to do those tasks. They very much have it in their head that, oh, I need to authenticate an API, so I guess I need this big OAuth package, you know, which is not necessarily the case. Well, I mean, I think that's a perfect transition moment. We don't need to talk about development roadmap because I know its primary goal is just to do what it does right now. OAuth 2 isn't changing anytime in the near future. So why don't we transition and talk about Sanctum? Where did Sanctum come from? And kind of talk a little bit about what you were sharing about how Sanctum does some things that previously you had to do in Passport, but maybe it was overly complicated. Yeah, so Sanctum comes out of a lot of feedback and seeing a lot of confusion and frustration with people trying to use Passport, not knowing what grants to pick, what OAuth grants to use to authenticate their application. It feeling really heavy handed for something like just issuing an API token that you need four or five database tables. And so I I would say the the early history of Sanctum actually comes out of my work on Spark back in 2016 Mm -hmm. or 2017, where I built this little API layer where you could call your back end from your front end and it all just worked seamlessly and you didn't need to do any sort of weird OAuth flow or anything. And it just kind of got me thinking like someday I want to extract out this sort of simplified Mm -hmm. API setup into a package. And eventually I did that with Laravel Sanctum to where it basically tries to solve the primary use case is to solve the problem of issuing API tokens to third-party users. Like if your service Mm -hmm. offers an API, kind of like the Forge API or Vapor or whatever, and also authenticating SPAs and mobile applications because a lot of people are doing that these days. And like I said, just so many people had it in their head that, oh, if I'm doing that, I need OAuth 2 or or maybe even I need JWT, which was another mm-hmm. common thing. Like I can't authenticate with an API unless I'm using JWT. Um, that was another right. like misconception people had in their head. And that leads you to just a whole other road of complexities basically. Yeah. So I built Sanctum as like, you know, it has one database table um, to store API tokens for users. You can issue them to users using a simple, you know, API, a really clean developer experience where your user model has API tokens trait and you just hit mm-hmm. like create token method on the user to create a token for that user. And it has it has similar like scope functionality to OAuth where like you can pass an array of abilities that this token has and then once someone authenticates with that token, you can see if they have that ability. For example, like in a Forge context, is this does this token have permission to create a server, to delete a server, things like that. Yeah. And then the flow is very similar for like a mobile application. You know, if you're building a mobile application, you would set up sort of a login screen on the mobile application, which calls your Laravel application. And that all that does is call create token if the valid or if the credentials are valid and passes it back to the mobile application. Mm-hmm. And then in the UI, you can just list the tokens for that user and the user can, if you want, let them delete them or, or whatever. So it really streamlined the whole thing, I think, for the most common use cases of what Passport was being used for uh, and made it so much more understandable because you don't have to go through this whole process of which grant do I need to use? Am I using it correctly? Because if you don't use the grant correctly, 
maybe your application's insecure. Like you, you can literally build it, you know, insecurely um, if you pick the wrong grant in OAuth two. And it's just so much faster to get started and more lightweight. So it's it's actually I thought it's so like it, I wanted it to be like the default choice so much that I just included it in Laravel. Mm-hmm. You know, so like modern releases of Laravel eight just include Sanctum by default and the API routes file is already set up to authenticate using Sanctum. Um, so it's pretty much all ready to go. Mm-hmm. So we have Sanctum and Sanctum is a much simpler, much simpler to use, much simpler to install because it comes out of the box thing that is providing a lot of the same features that Passport was previously. But just rather than, oh, we have this existing you know schema, this concept called OAuth 2 that then somebody else has built a PHP server for that we're going to put a layer on top of, it was Taylor saying, hey, you know what is it going to be from scratch? What do I think should be experienced like and how can I make this as simple as possible? Having already done it practically in real applications. So it's not just super ideal. It's like something you'd actually test it out. Right. Sanctum sounds like the dream, right? And, it, and and to me, it actually isn't the dream. But I'm curious, now that we have Sanctum, if somebody's making a mobile app that need to authenticate, they're going to use Sanctum. If somebody can do an SPA, they should use Sanctum. If somebody's going to create tokens. Just and, so, and if anybody's not familiar, go to Forge or go to GitHub or something like that and go just say, create a new token for those tokens that you're going to use. Like it's going to be, like, again, just like a long string. Sometimes you can give a nickname or not. And that token right. is just going to be what you use to put into some application that authenticates against GitHub or some application that authenticates against Forge or whatever. That's all we're talking about with the personal tokens. So if somebody needs to do any of those things, they reach for Sanctum, which is already built into Laravel out of the box. At what point should they actually still consider Passport now that Sanctum exists? I don't know. You know, like that's, um, <laughs> that's, that's a question I wish I had the answer for, I feel like, because like I said, Passport is such a popular package. So I, I don't know if that is because there were so many years where it was the only option. And Mm-hmm. So, so many people are sort of still using it and it's sort of expensive to migrate their code away from it and make those kind of changes and just risky with maybe not much benefit on the business side. Or are people still reaching for it a lot, you know, in new applications? And if they are, I'm not sure why. And it's something I would like to figure out, I think, through some sort of like poll or, or information gathering. Mm-hmm. But in the in the Passport docs, we actually have like right at the top introduction section, we have a little subsection that just says Passport or Sanctum, question mark. Yeah, nice. And um, to, try, to try to sort of make people think before they go down sort of the OAuth 2 road. And, you know, yeah. it basically says like before getting started, are you sure you actually need to use Laravel Passport? Which I think yeah. it feels like sort of a weird thing to do like in your own package to almost like encourage people <laughs> not sure to use it. But I just think, you know, we want people's experience to be as good as it can be. And I don't want them to use something that they don't actually need. And so it basically just says like, if you're trying to create, you know, a single page application or a mobile app, or you just want to issue some API tokens, you should use Laravel Sanctum. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you yeah. are absolutely sure that you need a full OAuth 2 spec package because you're going to be doing that kind of thing, that whole login flow and exchanging credentials like that, then sure, like Passport is, you know, that's your thing. That's what you need to use. Yeah. Yeah. And the main use case I can think of, which is almost none of the clients I've ever worked with, is if you have a primary service, let's say it's a GitHub or a Facebook or something like that, that you want not just to give like maybe higher tech people to be able to say, go into the service and create a, a token that you can give somewhere else. 
but instead you want maybe more like end users to be able to authenticate against and say, yes, give it permission to do this, right? Like if you're saying like, I'm gonna play this video game and the video game wants to authenticate against my Facebook and the Facebook should be deciding like how much information are they giving to the video game? Like that I feel like is the space for the right. more traditional OAuth flow, yes. but that's it. Like it's two full web applications that need to be able to share that kind of authentication and layer of like certain amounts of information where you don't want the end user to have to be able to go like create a token. So it's basically not yeah, developer and, facing. Yeah. Two web like and li- web apps not developer facing, right? And, and like you said, like the only reason you're doing it like that is more just like ergonomics. It's not because it's required. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you could have in that video game example, like you could have had the user go copy a token, you know what I mean, from somewhere yep. else and, and yeah. paste it into some text box and say, okay, here's my token and here's the permissions I give it. You know, the only reason we don't do that is just it's sort of like not, you know, like you said, non-developer friendly. And it was kind of interesting. I was actually, I actually read an article from one of the OAuth 2 spec authors where he basically says that, you know, like hmm. people sort of like have this mystical view of OAuth 2 when really like, you could have just had like a text box and a form that generates an API token and then the user pasted in. Like that's actually mm-hmm. not any less secure <laughs> than yeah. OAuth 2. It's just not very ergonomic for the end user. Yeah, that's a helpful thing. Yeah, because I do think that a lot of people who are using Passport probably have the idea that it's more complicated and it's more like a named standard. Therefore, Passport must be the more secure option. So I think it's really helpful to hear you saying, yeah. Passport is no more secure than Sanctum. There's only one circumstance in which we're talking about that it can do something Sanctum can't. And the only reason you do that circumstance is for user ergonomics, not because Sanctum is actually any less secure in that particular circumstance. Right, yeah. Okay, that's cool. So now that we're talking about Sanctum, are there any lesser used features or things that you think that people don't know about what Sanctum can do that you want to kind of share about? Or is it all pretty out there in the open? Well, I think the cool thing about Sanctum actually that that people may not know is the way that it lets you consume your API, like your backend Sanctum authenticated API from your, let's say like, let's pretend you have like an inertia front end maybe. Mm -hmm. So that you have a view template and you're going to use like either the fetch node fetch or axios or some http client right. to consume your own backend api to get some data on the client like after the page is already mm-hmm. loaded to do that the cool thing about sanctum is you would normally expect like oh well if i'm going to call my own backend api from here like i sort of need to pass an api token so it will be authenticated right mm-hmm. but the cool thing with sanctum is you actually don't and the the kind of magic sauce behind that is that when you're using Sanctum, you can configure it, and this is how it's configured by default as well, um, to first check, is there a valid like session cookie in the request? And if there is, let's just use that authenticated session. And then yeah. if there's not, we'll fall back to an API token. So yeah. what's cool is in, in, like, in a web application context or maybe like an inertia app or, or whatever, a live wire app, it doesn't really matter. When you make that request, you know, to that backend API, the browser is automatically passing all your cookies with it to that right. domain. So it's going to see you as authenticated and Sanctum's going to go ahead and authenticate you because it checks first for the cookie. Yep, I have a cookie, so I'll just authenticate the user using this and you're good to go. And that makes it so much easier to consume your own API from your front end. Like if you're trying to do this sort of thing where like, you want your front end to consume the same API that your customers consume. And there's just sort of like one source of truth for your web application through mm-hmm. this API. It's so easy to consume it. And we actually have a section in the docs. If you go out to the Sanctum docs up at the table of contents, you can click on the 
Yeah, it's sort of under the API or the SPA, I'm sorry, SPA authentication section. And it kind of talks about how this works and how to do this. But I think it's a really cool feature of Sanctum that makes it so much easier to to do this kind of thing and to consume your own API. Yeah, absolutely. Because otherwise, what you'd end up having to do is basically like authenticate, send a token up to the thing that's the front end's holding that token and then the token is being sent right. in, which is, you know, it's, we've all done exactly. it, but it's work that you don't have to do because it's literally being authenticated because that user's already logged in in the SPA. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. That's great. Do you have any development roadmap plans? Is it kind of, is, is it relatively well settled in terms of what it's doing right now or is there anything you're planning to do with it in the future? I think the most recent thing we added that will be like a major update is the ability to set tokens to expire. So mm-hmm. in the first release of Sanctum, and this is the same in like GitHub personal access tokens as well. Once you create a token, it doesn't really expire until you manually yeah. delete it mm-hmm. from the application UI. But uh, in the upcoming release, you can actually set an expiration date. Like if you wanted tokens to expire after one year or whatever. So other than that though, it's it's been a really stable package and there's not really... We, even, we haven't even had a lot of requests uh, for more features because it's just kind of one of those packages that has a specific domain and just does solves that domain, I think, really does well. And, and so I, I think yeah. it feels pretty good. I love it. Okay. I know that you are less likely than other package authors to request any help or support, but just I'll ask anyway, is there any help or support you feel like you need in the future development of Sanctum? I always feel like, you know, if you're trying to use Sanctum, you find it confusing or you think, mm-hmm. hey, this isn't as easy as Taylor said it was going to be. <laughs> Let us know so that we can improve yeah. the documentation. Or if you could even pull request the documentation, to me, that's always really mm-hmm. helpful because I can't see it through a new developer's mm-hmm. eyes Fresh anymore eyes. because yeah. I wrote the package. I'm, I'm kind of deep into it. So if you're trying to use it and you th- say, hey, this isn't what I it was promised to be, you know, make a PR to the documentation. And even if the wording doesn't have to be perfect, but if you can kind of get a starter with sort of a rough draft Mm -hmm. of explaining like what you found confusing, I can go into the PR and kind of, you know, massage out the wording a little bit and get it integrated. So anyway, that's what I I would, that's what I would say in terms of help. Okay. I love that. So I think we've covered the basics for everything I wanted to ask in terms of passport and sanctum, but is there anything you um, want to cover that we haven't talked about yet today? No, I don't think so. Just that, you know, if you're building a new application or maybe you're building a new mobile app, take a look at Sanctum and, you know, don't assume you need a huge complicated setup to get that going. That's good. Yeah. TLDR is Sanctum first, unless you can really be sure you need Passport. But Passport's still (laughs) great if you need it, right? I love it. For sure. Yeah. Well, Taylor, thank you as always for building these tools. Thank you so much for joining me today and we'll see you next time, man. All right. Thanks. Thanks.